Now, Christmas is about celebrating. It's about celebrating God's plan for you. It's about the celebration. Um, I love Christmas. Um, I have to come clean tonight. I, I, I love Christmas movies. I watch Christmas movies during the year. I've watched so many Christmas movies that my wife, has. Uh, she's put on the healing app. Could you please pray for me? I need healing from Christmas movies. <laughs> the moment I get the control and she sees me scrolling the movies and she sees a Christmas movie, she's getting ready to leave. Right? So I, I love Christmas. Um, I think Christmas is the best time of year. It's the only time you're allowed to eat and not count calories. It's the only time that you can eat, stop, not leave the table, but then get a second wing and then do it and everybody's happy. It, it's, a, it's a time of presence. It's a time where if you don't like a present, wrap it back up and give it back to them next year. It's it an amazing time. But when we start to realize, what are we celebrating? So one of the things about Christmas is... You can stop halfway through the celebration and miss the celebration. I remember listening to, um, to this young lady, uh, her testimony. She's, not, she's with the Lord now. But she was a teenager um, during World War II. And she was Jewish. And uh, so, because um, uh, Germany then was um, taking Jews and putting them in the concentration camps. Now, Jews don't celebrate Christmas, right? They, they don't. They, they celebrate other things. Now, so she's a teenager. So this family, this couple, decide to put themselves at risk and put her up in the attic, in the ceiling. And that's where she had to stay 24-7. And then she got so bored, she found the Bible. So she started reading the Old Testament, finished it. And then, all of a sudden, she goes, New Testament. She goes, oh, we don't believe in that. So she left it. Well, she got so bored, she decided to read it. So she starts reading, and she goes, wow, this, Jesus came. He came in a manger. He had this. And then she's thinking in herself, going, wow, this sounds like somebody we're waiting for. So she starts reading about Jesus. She starts reading about where he was born. She starts reading about what his name means. So she's going through scripture and she's reading the first prophetic word about him. She's reading about John the Baptist. He's reading how Jesus got baptized and how God verbally spoke over his life. And he said that he was happy with him before he ever done anything. And he's, then, she, then she's reading the, of his messages. Then she's reading, isn't this amazing? Sinners are attracted to this man. He doesn't, he's not repelled when he sees something that shouldn't be happening. He's not repelled by disease. And then she sees, this is amazing, because when a leper touches a person, they become unclean, but this Jesus is when a leper touches him, they become clean. And, and then she, she reads that if somebody is sick, if they touch him, what's in him goes through them. And she's now rejoicing. She goes, wow, this could be the Messiah. She reads it all the way up and all of a sudden the narrative changes. Judas comes in and he betrays him. And then, and then Pilate, and she's thinking, hold on, something is wrong. We've been waiting for this man. We've been waiting for the Messiah. And he's come. 
And now she then she watches and she's in her own words, she goes, she started to weep at the crucifixion. And then when he died, she wept and she says, it's over. She closed the book and she went into deep sorrow and deep mourning because she never finished the Christmas story. It was weeks later where she went back and reread it and found there was a resurrection. We celebrate Jesus. It does something to us. Christmas does something to people. Nasty people become good. <laughs> people that people that you know see you going for a car park will speed up so you don't get the car park. And if there's another car park next to them, they'll park in both lanes. These people go, no, you go. People become nice. If you're not that, if you're one of those that needs to be nice, we will pray for you today, okay? <laughs> but look, what we what we see is that Christmas is one of the most fundamental things in Christian. Because at this point, the world gets divided into before we celebrate Christmas to after we celebrate Christmas. It was amazing. Let me read a scripture to you. It's in 1 John. And it's this. Suddenly, the invisible is made visible. See, most people think that God hides, that you need to look for God. Now, I want you to, before I read this, let me just give you an insight. Jesus came uninvited. He didn't come to answer a prayer. He didn't come because he got an invitation. Jesus came to earth uninvited. In other words, he wasn't a, he wasn't a response to you. So Jesus, now watch this, if you, if you want to put something that's deep, is Jesus didn't, Jesus wasn't born before he decided to die. It was after he decided, I will die for the human race that he was born. He didn't get the resurrection or the crucifixion during his life. The reason he was born, because when he was born, he already made the decision about you. He made the decision that he loves you. He made a decision that you are worth dying for. He made a decision that you are worth giving everything up for. See, most of us make decisions during. But Jesus made it before. So the Father and Jesus had a discussion. We're going to create man. He is going to fall. But he needs to be rescued. Jesus, I will not create Adam until you come into full agreement that you're willing to give up everything so that they can be free. Wow. wow. So watch this. It is, it, that's why Jesus doesn't react to your sin. That is why Jesus, when people paint an angry God, no, 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 you, we, we've painted the wrong God. We painted, we, we have a God that comes into invited into your mess, into your need with the answer. Yeah, he never asked for praise. He never asked you need to pay me. He never asked. I'll, I'll let, let me give you a secret. Most of you, most parents don't know we never try to make our kids feel guilty. Come on. I went one time and um, it was my daughter and just, you 
I wanted to let her know that how much she cost me. When uh, kids, when your parents sometimes get depressed, you know what they do? Is they look up every price thing that they ever bought you, right? And then they look at their car and they go, it could, it could be a mistake, but it's a Hyundai, 1984 model, without the windows. And um, so I'm trying to tell her how many houses we could have owned, where we could have traveled, and she made this comment. She goes, I never asked you. Do you realize that we are celebrating that God's given you everything without you asking? That's good. Oh, I love it. Now watch this. It gets better. It gets better. Trust me. The third, so when Jesus comes, no one's, people didn't know that he was coming. He had to send somebody to tell them that he's coming. Who are the first people that he makes himself known to? You've got the three wise men, but he comes to shepherds. Why does Jesus, why is Christmas, when you look at the, uh, the, the scene at Christmas, there's always the shepherds, correct? Yeah. Why? The reason being is this, watch this. this is, it was a prophetic act. Jesus never lost the sheep. It was the sheep that went away from God. So the shepherd, the Bible says, I am the good shepherd. So when he comes to the shepherd, he says, I haven't forgotten that my sheep have run away. And then he made this comment. My sheep cannot run to any place where I can't find them. That is why you have the prophetic statement that sorry, David says, where can I go to get away from your presence? When Adam fell, he left God. It wasn't God didn't lose Adam. He didn't lose you. But let me tell you this, there is no place on earth, in heaven, in earth, or under the earth that you can hide. There is no place where the grace of God cannot find you. There is no dark corner where Satan can hide you. There is no sickness that can cover you up. So God is saying, I am the good shepherd, and a good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So God didn't lose you. He came to find you. You left. Yeah. Let me just show you this. When people, we used to sometimes think, I found Jesus. You didn't find Jesus because he was never lost. Jesus never went, I don't know where I am. I'm lost. My GP doesn't work. There's no internet connection. My, see, God is always out for you. Do you realize that you are the greatest idea that God ever had. The greatest thought that Jesus ever had was you. So you go, so he comes to the shepherd. But then let's read this. Suddenly, the invisible, eternal word takes on visible form. The incarnation. On display in flesh and blood person. As in a mirror in him. And now confirmed in us. The most accurate, tangible exhibit of God's eternal thoughts. Find expression in human life. Wow. Now, let, let me just open up a word to you. That sometimes can, we, we, 
we kind of lose it. And it's this, the word incarnation. The word incarnation, in, in the simplest form, is God came in to a woman and he took on flesh without having any relations. But the word incarnation is so much more powerful. When Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, went into Mary, it's called the incarnation. So but what does incarnation mean? Most of us go, oh yeah, that's Jesus coming in to, so that he can put on flesh. Now watch this. When he, God created Adam, he created a body and then put a spirit in him. And the first Adam made a mistake. And now the second Adam comes in. And the word incarnation means this. Uh, it totally blew me away. The word incarnation is where we get this. God says this. Watch this. God is known as Emmanuel. Correcto? Means God with us. But that's only part of it. God just didn't come to be with us. He came to live in us. Now the word incarnation means that he gets acquainted with every single person. So what incarnation means that Jesus comes in the body and what it spells is this. He came to share your sinful condition. He came to share your sinful condition. He came to be personally connected to your pain. He also came to experience the wounds of sin, which is sickness, lack, curses, emotional stuff. See, one of the things about incarnation, you'll find this in Isaiah 53 verse, uh, 53 verse 3. He says, he, Jesus was acquainted. Do you realize that Jesus knows your sickness personally? Do you realize that God knows your mess, not by word of mouth, but by experience? So when we talk about incarnation, what are we celebrating? That Jesus has come to know me and my stuff. So many people are trying to hide their stuff, but God says, you can't hide it because I felt it. God says, you can't hide your, your pain from me because I felt the pain. See, what Jesus did, he says, I am going to be acquainted. I will become personally in relationship to your pain, to your suffering. Do you realize, how, don't put your hand up. Most of you know the, the feelings of disappointment, the feelings of betrayal. And it's very hard to explain them, except to Jesus. See, when you go to Jesus and you go, God, I just have this loss. God, I've got this disappointment. And, and it's, my heart is breaking. Jesus doesn't go, I meet somebody, but what are they saying? You know what Jesus does? He looks you right in the eye. And he goes, I know, because I have the same pain as you. I want you to just see the, the, the enormity of it. There are, at, at present, 7 billion people on the planet. And Jesus knows them personally, and he knows every pain, every disappointment personally. That's, just, that's phenomenal. Do you realize that means that there is nothing on this world that you can't talk to Jesus about? 
Jesus goes, I know your dysfunction. I know your anger. I know your frustration. Why? Because I am acquainted with them. Jesus is so acquainted with them. You know what? He, he came so that he can know abandonment. What of you have been abandoned as children? When people that are, haven't been <coughs> fathered or mothered produce children, I don't know what to do with them. So Jesus knows every abandonment. Jesus knows how, what it's like to be alienated. So watch this. Jesus is acquainted with every physical sickness, emotional sickness. Jesus is acquainted. If you've ever been verbally abused, God says, I know because it happened to me. I took it on. See, the amazing thing is, is that Jesus says this. Whatever I am acquainted with you, you can be acquainted what I am. So God says this, I have come and I am acquainted with your pain so that you can be acquainted with my healing. God says, God goes, look, I am acquainted with your disappointment. God says, because I am acquainted with your disappointment, you can be acquainted with my breakthrough. Says, I am acquainted with your condemnation, but you can be acquainted with my freedom. So whatever pain you have felt, there is an opposite direction, which is the breakthrough of God. So See, when we talk, so, so when you're looking at this child, this child absorbs everything that you have gone for, every fruit of sin. Every sickness, every disappointment is on Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about. We are celebrating that fight. My inadequacies are going to be absorbed in Him, but they're not just going to do it. There's going to be a reaction to it, there's going to be an outflow to it. Wow. I've got 10 minutes before food starts. Now, watch this. The word became a human being. We are his address. He resides in us. He captivates our gaze. And the glory we see there is not a religious replica. He is the authentic son, begotten son. I want you to watch this. When God touches you, he doesn't make another replica of you, but he makes you brand new. So you can walk out of here tonight, brand new. Tonight, God doesn't make replicas. God doesn't say, I'm finished with you. I'm going to create something else. So he does that. Now listen, the glory that was lost in Adam returns in fullness. Only grace can communicate the truth. It's such a complete context. What you, so you know what God's saying here? You can't see me through legalism. You can't see me through your performance. You can't see me by religious activity. You can't see me by trying to be good. You can't see me. You've got to see me through my grace. And grace is the unmerited favor on those that don't deserve it. That is why when people feel, I don't deserve this, you've stopped looking at God, you're looking at somebody else. See, the, the amazing power of God's word 
Now watch this. This is some of the things that God showed me. The incarnation, the birth of Christ means that God can never again become invisible to you. Once he is being re received, once we can see him, it cannot be changed. So when God decided, I am going to become visible, I am coming, I am not hiding, I am not pretending, I am here, and once I become visible, you can never go back to the old. That means that if you so want to, you can look at the perfect son of God 24-7. Yeah. That means you will never again have to look. You will never again have to see. You will never again, oh, I don't, I, I don't know if God loves me or not. So it never changes. And also the incarnation. You know what he also does? It removes every excuse we could have to feel separated or disconnected from God is erased. Every excuse you feel why God is not answering your prayer has been erased. So God, what he did on, the, on himself, he says, I'm going to erase everything. Uh, well, I believe the reason God doesn't answer my prayer is because I did this. God erases it. God says, well, I, am, I don't feel worthy to ask. God erases it. God has separated you from your own excuses why you are not blessed. That's a kind of happy, sad one because I go, how many of you love excuses? We have a church that no one, no one wants to put their hand up for anything. I love excuses. You know, it's like you get pulled up for speeding. The officer goes, oh, sorry, I was talking to my wife, it's her fault. And he goes, well, I'm going to put both of you. Because, uh, see, what God's done, uh, what, see, this is the amazing thing, is everything you think that is an excuse why you haven't got your breakthrough, why you're alone on that, God says, I've removed it, because that's in Jesus. Yeah. The incarnation also represents what you could never do or achieve through personal willpower, personal discipline, and religious service, I'm going to give you. The world system works on I work and then I get a reward. And God says, I'm going to give you something that is so amazing that you can't work for it. Religion says you've got to, that there's got to be a cost. Now, in one sense, the world system, if it's too good to be true, it's not true, correct? When, if, if a band says, come here and we'll give you a house. No, come here, we'll give you a house with a loan. So we, when we start to judge God outside of the kingdom, we, we, we come up with such amazing things. And this too, Jesus came to fulfill the greatest longing of our heart, relationship with God the Father. Your greatest need is not found in the person next to you. Your greatest need is not found in a bank, in a house, in a car, in a holiday, in relationship. It's found in God the Father. 
So when Jesus came, he came, he said this, what are we celebrating? I, I like that worship team to come up. See, we celebrate him, Jesus. And, and we see him in a manger. But Jesus didn't stay a baby. 33 years later, what we were celebrating, God says, is now it's going to go into completion. So God says this, I am acquainted with all of your faults. I am acquainted with everything you need, everything you lack. See, Christmas looks in one direction. And when you see Christmas and you line it up, you have a cross. And Jesus goes like this. Because the reason I came, the reason we celebrated the incarnation where the Word became flesh was this. Is no longer do I want to be with them. I want this to be in them. <coughs> what you had to reach outside for, now you go inside for. A lot of people have got a lot of good ideas. See, if we were to take the incarnation and everything I just talked without the cross, it becomes something you are still waiting for. Without the cross, it's a promise of better things to come. Without the cross, is I'm hoping one day, one day. But God says, no, no, I don't want to make it one day. The one day stops because the one day is today. So what Jesus does, and this is what we're celebrating, God says, everything that I have been acquainted with, every single person, I'm going to pay for. But it's not going to stop there. Because I want everything that I pay for to go in them. That is why you never ask, God, do you want to heal me? Wrong question. Because Jesus already answered it. You see, when we start celebrating Christmas, we're celebrating the full maturity of God's Word. And He goes this, I know what you're feeling. Right now, whatever you are going through, you don't even have to speak. God says, I, I, I can see your pain. But He says, the moment you know that God sees your pain is the same moment that God says, I want to reverse it. I want to reverse your pain. 2024 doesn't have to be the same as 2023. It's because Jesus has already absorbed your pain. Jesus has already absorbed everything. And you know what the most amazing thing was? On the cross, it says, not only did I get acquainted with all the fruit of sin, sickness, disease, lack, poverty, or whatever you name, everything that's evil, God is acquainted with. But he says this, but I'm going to go a step further. 
called salvation. I am going to kill the root of sin. I am going to remove what causes it. I'm going to remove the very thing that keeps producing it in your life, keeps producing the, the, all, all the problems that we have. So God says, I am going to take your sin and I am going to give you my life. Because Jesus is called the firstborn of many. So God says this, I'll invite you back into the family. You could be here today and you have never, you know what it's like to be God. Now see, if, if, if you don't know Jesus, you would have come into the room and God was with you. You can feel him. How many of you, when you walk in here during some of the worship, you felt something? Do you know what it is? That's God with you. Because you're feeling it. But God says, but once the music stops, the feeling goes. But God says, what I'm going to do with you, this is called salvation. What you are feeling on the outside, I'm going to put on the inside. And you're never, ever again going to be the same. It is now God with us to God in us. Right now, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the answer is this, is that he already died for you. He's already made the decision for you. He's already said, I did it for you. And he goes, all you need to do tonight is believe in me. All you need to do tonight is say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died. But see, when Jesus died, three days later, guess what? There was a resurrection. What, is, what are we celebrating the resurrection? That everything that Jesus died for is now mine. The resurrection is your title then to everything that Jesus has done. So tonight, I don't want to miss this opportunity. See, it would be a grievous thing not to give you an opportunity to respond. It would be a grievous thing to leave you praising God for the baby, for the words, for the life without receiving it. I just want every, every person just to close your eyes. The reason we put this on, the reason we do what we do is because we're compelled by Jesus to share the good news. We are, we are compelled to tell people how much Jesus loves them. And you could be here far away from God. God found you tonight. You could be here and you've never even heard this. You, you might have heard of the religious Jesus, but this is the real Jesus. And he can never, ever change again. He became the Word, living, breathing. And He's saying to you right now, I found you. Do you want to come home? Do you want to come home? Today is a day where you come home. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, while every head is bowed, I just want you to lift up your hand. I'm going to pray. If you don't know Jesus, just lift up your hand. Because we just, we were just so... We're just so blessed to introduce you back to come home. So if you don't know Jesus, this is your time. This is your time. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, why don't we stand? If you've never, if you've never responded to Jesus, we're going to be here. We, we'd love to talk to you. We'd like to pray with you. But what we want to also do tonight, just before we close, is this. 
We're going to ask, we're going to, we're going to pray now that the Holy Spirit touch your life. If you need healing, I believe Jesus is here to heal you. If you need emotional healing, Jesus is here.